Today, we are here to honor the legend that is Bob Murdoch and talk about leadership and the lasting legacy it has on an organization. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hello, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for hanging out with me today as we crawl through the first week of August together. And uh, one of the, I wouldn't say final weeks of the off season, but we're, we're getting to the dog days of the off season where we should, we're craving any sort of physical contact from hockey players, right? But uh, yeah, today we are going to talk about Bob Murdoch and his legacy. Um, he recently passed away and kind of how paying it forward uh, really changes generations and it makes for standout players. Uh, and we're going to talk about the leaders on the Flames. And because it is Friday, we are absolutely going to be talking about the winners and losers of the week because there are plenty. So Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts and free ninety nine across the board. And let's dive into it. So earlier this week, uh, Bob Murdoch did pass away. He played for the Flames, um, and it, I'm pulling up his uh, story right now here on the Flames website. But he passed away Thursday, and I there were a few quotes from the story that I really wanted to talk about in. Uh, you know, kind of just reiterate how how important it is to be one of these guys. And if you don't really have the qualities to be that guy, not because you're like a bad person, but some people are just like more introverted, um, you know, how you can still make a difference and how you should find yourself under the wing of someone like Bob Murdoch. So one of the first things that... Uh, really stuck out to me in this was that he was 36 years old and rooming with a 19 year old Jim Peplinski. And I think that, you know, so many times they're like, that is such a stark age difference. You know, sometimes they do pair the vet with the new kid or, you know, they'll have the younger guys together because they're taking their first big steps to the NHL together. But I feel like 36 and 19, just such stark differences. And I mean, even like 19 to 23 are the, you live multiple different lives during that time. But uh, Piplinski goes on to talk about how he just, he thought that he walked into the wrong room and he was, uh, he, he walked in on a university professor because he, Murdoch was in there reading uh, a very thick book with super thick glasses and stories like this, like moments like that stick with players and people for a reason because you know obviously that's a first impression but that's that's how you met them and that's how you met this person that was going to make such a big difference in your life Piplinski was interviewed for this uh 
article, this memorial uh, article, unfortunately, and says, we'd go to cities, wander around, look at museums, do different things, and work on conditioning. Over the course of my career, that really paid off. I don't really give myself credit for any of that discipline. I think the people I surround, I was surrounded with was an impact of my behavior, and Bob was one of those people. It is so, like, you shouldn't just be, I mean, yes, you should just, you should just be a good person. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's the right thing to do, but you shouldn't do it for the wrong reasons. You shouldn't do it just because you want recognition or, you know, you want that student of the month award or you want employee of the month because you're nice to everyone. You do it because it's right and because it's genuine. It's coming from <laughs> a good place and coming from your heart, right? And I think that this is this is who Murdoch was. And uh, the next story in here says, I remember when we were in Buffalo, Mud goes in the corner and Larry, and Larry Playfield flattens him on, flattens him. And however Mud went in the corner, he's hurt and the trainer comes out. I end up besides Playfair and get in a fight with him. I, I get over to the penalty box and Bearcat has Mud back on his feet. Mud waves off Bear, which trainers hate, makes Bear walk back to the, to the ice and he skates over to me and says, Jesus, it's a good thing I softened him up for you or he would have killed you. He, he had a self-deprecating sense of humor. So obviously, you know, it's, uh, you just, you gotta kind of find ways to laugh at yourself. And I think that being such an impactful player on a team, you know, people are going to look for you. They are absolutely going to want to uh, idolize you and to be like you because clearly you're doing something right. And you just having players like this on your team and within your organization, even after they retire and, you know, like Murdoch went on to coach uh, for a few years here with the flames and it leaves that lasting impact and something that people just don't forget. And I don't know, hopefully y'all are old enough to remember the movie Pay It Forward and how, you know, you do one act of kindness and then, or someone does an act of kindness to you and then you pass it on to three more people and then, you know, they pass it on to three more people and it just kind of, it's like a good pyramid scheme basically. <laughs> but, you know, I think we need more of that in this world, not just in hockey, but truly in every environment, especially with just the way life is. I think that we really do need more leaders that have, that possess these qualities that Murdoch had. You know, it, it takes a lot to, a lot of discipline to really embrace a younger player. Because I can tell you right now as a 27-year-old, if a 19-year-old came up to me and was like, we're sharing a desk, I would probably ask to be moved to a different department or somewhere else because I, I don't want to share my desk with someone that is that young because they're often annoying and immature, but it's, but it's age appropriate, right? So obviously at 36, you're going to be a lot, um, you're not going to be going out <laughs> the way the 19-year-olds do. And, you know, you get to kind of teach these players how to, how to be and the right way to do it. 
But I really do see that, uh, you know, I see Huberto as this kind of guy. You know, he took Pelletier under his wing and it was, I'm sure years from now we'll hear about how much it meant to probably both of them because they were both having a hard time in this environment and with the coach. And that can be incredibly isolating. I can only imagine how lonely that feels. And, you know, there, there are players on every team that, you know, hold themselves to that Murdoch expectation because that's just how you want to be. You want to be a good guy. You want to help players. You want to help everyone. And you just, you just want to be a good person and play a good game, right? Well, coming up next, we are going to talk more about uh, leadership within the Flames organization and how Murdoch's legacy is being passed on through this current Flames team. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick minute here to talk about FanDuel. Uh, Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the under over to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Garrett Cole strikeouts over. Hammer that. Uh, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So, go sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you everyone for hanging around and enjoying the off season with me <laughs> you know we're all we're all just waiting it's august we are uh crawling along here but i think one of the biggest things that stuck with me from last year is how the players were basically i mean they were captainless so there wasn't that player that was like set apart from anyone in like any kind of hierarchy that, you know, that voice, like, quote unquote, mattered, everyone's voice matters in that situation. But like, you know, there was no captain going toe to toe and standing up for that locker room. And that played a big role in a lot of the incidents last year, whatever those may have been. But how do you get this roster that is essentially the same to be excited to come to work? Obviously, you know, you have the front office changes, you have the coaching changes, and you're bringing in a lot of great hockey minds. You're bringing in Mark Savard, who is, I am so excited to see what he does uh, with this team's offense. I think it's going to be absolutely, it's just going to be something that we'll actually enjoy. But I really think that you have to look at this roster for what it is, right? You're not making many changes, as of August 4th, right? So say we're going into camp with essentially the same roster as last year, uh, minus the Ritchie brothers and uh, Michael Stone and Tyler Toffoli. So like you have different pieces there and potentially Oliver Shillington's coming back, right? But how are you going to get this team hyped and psyched 
to, to go to work. You know, everyone has said they were not having fun last year. And I understand, oh, it, it's work. Work isn't going to be fun. You are playing professional hockey. You should be having fun. You, like, if if that's if the environment is that bad, something has to change. And there have been changes. It's just a matter of keeping these changes going in a positive direction. And I really think that one of the things you're going to see here at camp is a Ginla on the ice. I think you are absolutely going to see Jerome Ginla out on the ice and be like interacting with this team. Yes, he's part of the front office and he's coaching uh, in the WHL, but I believe it's the WHL. It might be different juniors. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but it's, a matter of him integrating himself with the players and showing like he's there. I, I don't know if Craig Conroy still skates. I, I don't know, but you know, I'm sure he might be down there. If not, he'll be at ice level. I think a lot of this next season is going to be making sure these players are enjoying themselves and people are probably saying, well, they're grown adults that they're playing professional hockey. They should just put their big boy pants on and grow up and stop being soft. Last year was miserable. Absolutely miserable. How many times have we said on this show that like the hockey was unwatchable. Now imagine going out there and playing that night after night. You wouldn't be having fun either. And I just, I really think that we are going to see Jonathan Huberto, again, take over this this kind of leadership role, especially with uh, Jacob Pelletier, who is, you know, poised to be uh, in the NHL next season. And they already have that really close relationship. And, you know, they, we don't call him the French connection for nothing, right? And then you had Coronado come in at the end of last season and Jacob Pelletier went to pick him up from the airport and you know they they had formed this relationship and it's just if you can easily gravitate towards leaders you're going to be able to like you're not impressionable but you're more moldable and I think you're more willing to learn that rather than just being someone that just kind of coasts and flies under the radar and doing their own thing that's just my opinion I'm not an expert here, but I do really think that we're just, we're going to see so many of these guys kind of step up and either, you know, be more vocal in post-game press conferences, any sort of media availability, uh, or they're going to be named captain. I really think that Jacob Markstrom is going to take pleasure in getting Dustin Wolf ready to take over the starting job in a few years. It's just, there's this opportunity that is presenting itself right here for so many of these players that have been doing this for a very long time. And it, there's no reason why they shouldn't be taking the initiative to be leaders. <laughs> essentially, right? But there have been conversations, obviously, about who's going to be named captain. They've offered it to Backland, but he's he didn't take it, which probably means he's going to be traded. 
when we don't know we're still waiting don't place a bet on that but who who could that be i think that rasmus anderson and mackenzie Weger and jonathan huberto are my front runners i just i really firmly believe in my heart that anderson and um Weger are just they are the heartbeat of this team matthew kachuk was the heartbeat of this team for like almost his entire tenure as a flame and those two have just pumped energy and excitement and honesty into this lineup and they bring the energy on the ice night after night Mackenzie Weger basically played a big role in getting a new the proposal for the new arena being voted on and whatnot so you know there there is they're making a difference okay (laughs) they're making a difference Rasmus Anderson was hit by a car last season missed two games came back and was like yeah I'm fine it's fine but it was not fine he was he was still hurt but you know, they have that grit that hockey players need to have and possess in order to, you know, be a successful hockey player. And I think everyone really learned from last year. There has to be a designated leader. There absolutely has to be someone that that can just command a room and say, this isn't going right. We need to change this or recommend something for a change and to have their voice like be heard. I don't think that it's going to be an issue with Ryan Huska as anywhere near as much as it was with the prior coach. But, you know, you still need someone in that room that's going to go to bat for your team and be a leader. You know, it's. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but if it was easy, everyone would be a leader. And I really think, again, Anderson, Weger, and Huberto are my candidates for captaincy. I just, I really like what they bring to the game and what they bring to the energy they bring to the Flames locker room. And, you know, I can only imagine how it is like truly behind the scenes from what we see uh, in the media availabilities. So it'll be interesting. Um, I would love to see a captain named ahead of the season or on opening night because, you know, they do have the heritage classic in October in late October. And I think that would be fun. Like, I really do think that that would be a really cool thing to obviously be a part of, but to be the captain of, and I don't know. I feel like that just, that would be a little more special, but coming up next, we are going to wrap up this week with winners and losers of the week, because boy, has this week just been one disappointment after the other. And thank you everyone for hanging out with me here on Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts uh, so you can find out the latest news as soon as it happens. <laughs> if if anything ever does happen, you know, because <laughs> we are still waiting for any sort of movement. Tyler Toffoli being the only piece moved here is astonishing. If you told me back in April that no one would be traded by August, I would have said you're up. No, you're out of your mind. 
And here we are. And it's the reality. But winners and losers of the week. Winner, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer for getting the heck out of the Mets organization. Verlander went to Houston, and I believe Scherzer went to the Rangers. So, you know, good for them. <laughs> there was They were really big acquisitions for the Mets, and things just didn't work out. And that's, that is kind of unfortunate because we, we all know how that is. You know, you get the, this big star and it just fails to live up to expectations and the players around you aren't that good. Where have we seen that before? Canadian Swifties. You finally got tour dates. Granted, it is across the country in Toronto. So you, if you're going, you're going to have to fly and, you know, spend a little bit of money to get there. But I hope everyone that's registered for presale uh, has, uh, gets their chance and gets their code because, uh, you know, you deserve some sort of happiness, especially if you're a Flames fan listening to this, you deserve a treat. <laughs> you deserve a whole lot more than just a Taylor Swift concert. And uh, Diana Taurasi for hitting 10,000 career points in the WNBA. That is just what... I don't even think I'll ever hit 10,000 curbs with my car. And I'm probably getting, getting up there. But, you know, it is... It's so cool to have, like, a special skill like that, right? To obviously be a professional basketball player and to hit these milestones. Like, I think about the Flames two seasons ago and Jacob Markstrom and how good he was and how good special teams were. Like, to to be able to have a skill and own it that and just be so dominant at it is so cool. Like, I love baking, but I'm, I'm not, I don't belong on the Food Network because I can bake, right? If I was better and like a pioneer woman, like pioneer woman, then yes, I, I'd be on the Food Network. But instead, I, I stick to podcasting, right? <laughs> but every, everyone has a skill. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, I'm not good at something. Yes, you are. You just may not know it. And maybe you don't have the environment to foster that interest or whatever, but you have a skill and you should own it. Now the losers of the week. Dare I start with the New York Mets? Kind of basically said it in the first uh, part here with Verlander and Scherzer leaving. (laughs) And then Steve Cohen still saying, yeah, we're going to be competitive and you know, maybe we'll be competitive in 25, 20, in 2025, 2026. What, what are we doing? It is 2023, August, and you just lost two key players and you want to say you're still competitive. Okay. All right. Well, I I do love a little glass of delusion, so I'm not gonna, not gonna stop you there, but Tom Wilson's contract. Let's let's just keep going. Uh, Tom Wilson signed a seven-year, forty-five million dollar contract today uh, at 30, 31 years old. So, um, 
you know, I know we talk about the Flames being stupid with money and contracts, but at least they didn't, they haven't done something like that yet. Maybe they did it worse with Huberto, but I think Huberto is a much better hockey player than Tom Wilson. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to say that. I mean, you don't need to be a violent physical player and score goals to be a yeah, super good hockey player. But anyways, good for him. Glad he got his bag. Um, and now the Tom Wilson trade rumors can stop. And all of us that are still holding up for a preseason trade. We are. We might be some losers. Because every Sunday night I go to bed and I'm like, this is the week. This is the week that Craig Conroy has finalized a trade. And it never happens. <laughs> Maybe if I stop thinking about it, it'll happen. Um, a little reverse psychology here for uh, the universe, right? But yeah, no, I think that that we're just uh, silly little geese for still thinking that a preseason trade is going to happen. A significant preseason trade will happen, but uh, the it is still quiet on Elias Lindholm's end. Buddy, we, we got to pick up the pace a little bit here. Um, I hear Boston's beautiful. I don't know if they have the money for it, but if you would like, uh, I can show you some great apartments. I can call a realtor for you. Um, yeah, no, Noah Hannafin, you've still got family there. So, you know, maybe you go too. But uh, that is all I have for today because we are running out of time here on Locked on Flames. And thank you, everyone, for riding out this off season with us here. I hope you enjoyed the crossover with Jeff Middleton and Brian Baston earlier this week. If you haven't already, definitely go check it out. Go check out Locked on Sharks because I made a special appearance over there and it's it's a funny one. It's a funny one. I, I do say so myself. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts. And of course, free 99 on YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto or uh, the Flames Twitter, <laughs> the, the podcast's Twitter account, X account, um, LO underscore flames pod. And I will see you next week.